Tonight's episode of Birds with Friends is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think Eagles tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download Game Time in the App Store or Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score last minute tickets. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bowen, Sheila, the cut, picking it cooler than two penguins till Bo's old arch nemesis. Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Kapati, you come in at you with stats and things flapping their wings. So I'm gonna have the rest of my life with these kids. Wow. Get, we gotta get that in a drop uh, immediately. We're editing that one out. That didn't come out quite There's no editing. No, no editing yeah, on this that's podcast. That's the wonderful Birds with Friends. No editing. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It is 8.18 local time in Minneapolis. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman here from U.S. Bank Stadium following the Eagles' 38-20 to undressing at the hands of the Minnesota Vikings and Melvin himself. Zach, how are you? I'm doing well. Happy to be excited for this podcast. Uh, so, Zach, let's get into the game. The Eagles were sort of blitzed at the start of this game. It started with a long... Vikings drive, 17 plays, 75 yards, seven minutes off the clock, something like that. And after that, it was sort of bombs away for the Vikings. And we said going into this game that the story of this game would be whether or not the Vikings offense would be willing to abandon their uh, run, 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 run game plan and throw the ball against this beleaguered Eagles secondary. And the Eagles secondary is in such bad shape that even the regressive Vikings – we're able to uh, take advantage, and Stefan Diggs, a couple of very long touchdowns past Rasul Douglas. Uh, and this game, you know, even though the Eagles had some chances to make it close, they had no business winning this game. The, the Vikings were the better team. The Vikings uh, sort of blitzed them in this game. That's at least my take. Do you disagree? To a certain extent. I, I, you had me until the end when you said the Eagles had no business winning this game. It was a four-point game in the third quarter. So it was well within their reach. You know, they had they had opportunities. Even in the fourth quarter, they were down 11 points in Vikings territory. They had opportunities. Uh, so I don't think this was like a, a game where they were run off the field akin to New Orleans a year ago. Uh, that being said, I think they well they were not the better team. They were outplayed. They were they were out coached and. It exposed uh, some of the things we've discussed, but it, it put it in plain sight. And in particular, the cornerback problems, the lack of a pass rush, and the lack of, of big plays from the wide receivers without Deshaun Jackson. Those are a few things that really stand out. Uh, you know which game this game remind me of, reminded me of? What's that? Reminded me of the Bucks game from last year. Hmm. Okay. That, uh, That's a good one. Some huge plays changed the tenor of the game. Uh, and the Eagles were able to sort of make it look close at points, but it, it, at, I, at no point did they look like the team that deserved to win. Well said. And even That's uh, an apt comparison. What, what brought it on also was, was uh, Malcolm Jenkins said that the second Stefan Diggs touchdown was his fault. And so that you know made me think of after the Deshaun Jackson sure. touchdown in that Bucks game that he said was his fault, and we can get to that play specifically because I'm not so sure that it was just all of Malcolm Jenkins' fault, but nevertheless, that's uh, sort of the way that, that this game played out for me. Yes, that's that's an apt comparison, and and that's one that I wonder I, if we're going to have a little echo in this in this episode for the listeners as we are surrounded by concrete. I hear a little bit coming off, so I hope it's not too bad. 
I hope so too. Our audio specialist, but mm. Wolf, we'll we'll have to figure that we out. Might turn our volumes down a little bit to uh, decrease the echo. Look at that. As I said, our yeah. audio specialist. So, look, the you hit it on the head in terms of the run pass split. The Eagles have the number one rush defense in the league. We said coming into the game, well, the Vikings try to stick to the run, and it was pretty clear that they knew early on they could challenge this Eagles secondary. And Kirk Cousins, uh, for as much as you tease him, when he has time, he's proven he can be very effective. Uh, Kirk frankly, Cousins, the Melvin, was very good in this game. He's He so, got the birds with friends bump. He's 1-0 and after appearing on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that was a good get by you. Uh, so he's 4-2 and two against Jim Schwartz coach defenses. Uh, against Jim Schwartz Eagles coach defenses. And in those two losses, so the two Eagles wins... The Eagles have had at least four sacks. In the other ones, they've had fewer than four sacks. If you pressure Kirk Cousins, he's a different quarterback. Now, you can say that about a lot of quarterbacks. Well, that seems a little bit like results-based, right? Like four sacks, of course, you're going to have a better chance of winning. Sure. It's it's not too dissimilar from, like, you know, uh, you you rush for over 100 yards, and you've got a better chance of winning. Like. Okay. Uh, I just think that it, it kind of shows, are, are you getting to the quarterback? Uh, are you having one of those games where you're getting them? The Eagles had one sack today. They had a few times when they were close, but, but their either secondary wasn't holding or the, or the rush wasn't getting there uh, fast enough. And this pass rush, has it, they've been inconsistent throughout the year. That's a problem. And their secondary is not good enough to overcome that. So I have hammered the pass rush throughout the first uh, you know, first four games, not last week, obviously, as the big culprit for this defense. But I actually thought tonight that was not the case. I thought the pass rush was okay. It was it really, this tonight really, or this afternoon, really was on the secondary uh, because everything was very first read for Kirk Cousins, except for one drive in the, in the third or fourth quarter, which I actually thought was his best drive of the game. But, uh, you know, the, the plays to Stephon Diggs, it's easy play action. You, you suck up enough. Uh, pressure from the defensive line, and he is one read and out. Uh, and on play action, the Vikings were – they just killed the Eagles in this game. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins was, I think, 7 of 10 for 197 yards and three touchdowns if my if my charting in-game was accurate. Um, and I, 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 this game, to, as I said, this game to me was, was, much, more about, was much more about the secondary. And yeah. to, to me, it's – But to me, it goes hand in hand. I think that's true in a macro sense. I thought tonight or this afternoon, I thought the defensive line was okay. I they mean, also this... have so like the, the defensive line against this Vikings team. They have a lot to contend with. Uh, the different types of runs, the draws, the screens. Uh, I think you, you. I think you give a little bit of credit to the Vikings on that front. Fair enough. This Eagles secondary, or I guess the cornerbacks in particular, it's not like the Patriots, not like the Ravens. Their their money's invested in in the front four. I, I don't well, know. Well, I'm numbers... not so sure. I agree with that because you have to you have to look at draft equity in addition to okay. money spent. I mean, let's look at draft equity: second round pick and a third round pick. Yeah, and then I guess a the trade for Darby too. You right. include in there too. Um, you look at draft equity: Derek Barnett. Your first round. Of pick. course, it's more tilted towards defense. Brandon Graham's your first yeah. round. Yeah, I mean pick. that's Lester the Cox's that's the way they want to build this team for sure. Yeah, I so, agree with that. So, but but that's my point. You come out of this game with with one sack. All of a sudden, you're like Johnny Pressure over here. You know, <laughs> I'm not saying they had good pressure. <laughs> I just like uh, today. That was not my takeaway. I'm I am generally speaking much more focused on the pass rush. But today, I did not think that was the case. Think about the 2017 Eagles-Vikings game, week one that, that year. What was the story of that game? It's the pass rush. Yeah. Right? They were all over Kirk Cousins. They won that game. That wasn't like a blowout. You know, they... Wait, which... I thought you said Eagles-Vikings. Oh, I'm sorry. Eagles... The, Washington? The Eagles-Washington game okay. with Kirk Cousins. So when I use that stat with, with Kirk Cousins, I'm saying that when he's under duress... Yeah. It's like, like some quarterbacks... Drew Brees, for instance, um, you can pressure him, and he's, he's fine. Tom Brady, you can pressure him, he'll make plays. Like the, like the Super Bowl was an example. Um, I think Kirk Cousins, when he's under pressure, 
it changes the it, it changes the way he played. That's fair. The Chicago game, well, he was sacked six times. Um, that wasn't like a blowout by Chicago, but Kirk Cousins was bad that day because of the pressure Chicago put on him. Yeah. And and I don't think the Eagles pass rush did enough there. Now, we've probably gone down this rabbit hole too much because I'm with you. The cornerbacks were the problem. The cornerbacks were the biggest problem today. And Sidney Jones is not playing well. Rasul Douglas, who I think has actually played decently this year, he's susceptible to the deep ball. He doesn't have closing speed. That was why he was a third-round pick and not a first-round pick, um, or uh, I guess a higher pick. Uh, coming out, I, I remember asking asking um, it was Joe Douglas and Howie Roseman at the time about that 40 time. Um, he's, he's, he's susceptible deep. So that's a problem, and when they get Jalen Mills back, so I don't much, know if it's going to be fixed. I think it would be so much different if, this, if these corners could just give up 25-yard passes instead of getting beaten deep. Like, well, you, well, you were talking about that actually with, with Jeff McClain earlier. Like yes. That was their strategy last year. Right. I think that's, After, the, like, I like think that's the, the right strategy for this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're, they're so good in the red zone. Yep. So make the teams beat you in the red zone. Like, like that first drive. The, the first drive Minnesota had. Yeah. If, it, if, if a team goes. That's fine Like what, for 13 them. plays? It's a little that, bit demoralizing, yeah. but that's so much better for this defense. Make them earn it. Yeah, make them earn. And they bare. I mean, you know, they, they nearly had a stop there on that. Exactly. You know, who knows if, if back to back fifty yard plus touchdowns. You can't Zimmer, do that. But like, yeah, yeah. That's that's the way that this team has to play. I think. Yeah, and it's I agree. not like you know, and I do think that I think that Jalen Mills is better than both of those guys. But you know, he's eligible to practice this week. Who knows when he's going to be ready? And then whenever he gets on the field, yeah. you can't expect him to be uh, himself necessarily for. Do you think for he's? A few weeks. Do you think he's playing next week against the Cowboys? No, I think that's too soon. He hasn't even he hasn't practiced. Yeah, but he's been running. I don't think he's going to play next week. Okay, we'll see. I mean, we'll certainly they could use him, but yeah, I mean, I think he's like he he has a lot of time built up in this uh, in this defense. I know he hasn't practiced yet, but if if he's in shape enough to play, you got to get him out there. I don't know. Okay, I mean. A guy who I mean, next week is a huge game, obviously. But sure, we'll see. I mean, when when Sidney Jones comes out today, they put Craig James. So Sidney James left the game again today uh, with the ham. Well, he didn't say it was the hamstring injury. He said he just needed to get right on the sideline. He didn't want to say what it was. He was kind of stretching it out. He came back, um, and I thought there were. I thought that. Malcolm Jenkins wasn't calling out Sidney Jones directly, but I thought this quote was pretty telling. He said, this game is not for suckers. If you're not confident on the outside, then we can't use you. To me, that read like uh, at least a veiled reference to like, you know, we're, we're down to it here on, on the outside. We need you to sort of play through stuff and play with confidence. Mm-hmm. Well, that was Doug Peterson's message throughout the week. Yeah. And I, I was... I had a family obligation Friday, so it's not at Doug's press conference, but I did, I, I did go back and watch it. And he was, we should do some of this podcast in French to get <laughs> for, for your Montreal listeners. J'adore les Français. Uh, oui. But, uh, but I, I watched what, what Doug said, and he was asked to clarify the comments about like, uh, the threshold you know, that oui. with Sidney Jones, and he almost doubled down on it. He, he said, you see it with some veteran players. Jason Kelsey, Jason. He said Jason Peters. I'm not sure that's the example that I would throw out there, but um, that that some guys just just fight through, and it's it's the old adage like you're either <laughs> yeah, it's hurt. It's not or Jason you, Peters right now. You're it's right. It's 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 like you're either hurt or you're injured, and uh, um, some guys play hurt. You obviously can't play injured. I don't like to kind of question a player's um, injury status. I health. agree. There's no way of knowing, but it is. It's it sounds. As if like the the team wants Sidney Jones to understand, suck it up. You got to play. Is that fair? I think that is probably fair, and I, and I think they want. I think more than that, they want him to like act like a second round, like act like yeah. a guy who was labeled as a first round talent. Like mm-hmm. it does seem like he's in his own head a little bit. Yeah, and you know, I I would kind of look at it like the third year of Nelson Aguilar. I thought it was going to be similar to the third year of Sidney Jones, where you have this responsibility, the, 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 the team's trusting you here, you know, go out and make plays. And 
look, I've you've teased me about it, but I've I've defended Sidney Jones on this podcast and turn or I don't want to say defended. I've said that I think he can be a high level cornerback. He hasn't like shown it. He hasn't shown it whatsoever. Uh, and the health is concerning, but more concerning to me than the health is the play. Like when he's out there in games, I agree. He doesn't look good. And <laughs> yeah, that is not that is not good. And but in practice, I thought in, like in practice this summer, I thought he looked really good. He Why? was making plays. He was fine in practice. He didn't look that good. I don't know what I, don't, I, I don't know did. why we were watching such different things. I thought he did. I... So the Eagles fall to one and one in games at US Bank Stadium in which they play against a quarterback who is close personal friends with the president. <laughs> sure. I mean I don't sure. I I'll I'll sell your joke. Sure. <laughs> uh cousin, listen. He was very good in this game. Yeah, I don't know if if it was I think Kirk Cousins t- getting the last laugh on Zach Brown or the last laugh on you. I'm trying to figure that one out. I think it was just – it tells you that this is a week six game with not such high stakes. That what did you think of Kirk Cousins' well. attire after the game? Did you see it? Yeah. Did you like mean, the jean jacket? Do I, have to, do I have to motivate him every week? <laughs> do you That's like the ridiculous. jean jacket? Of course not. He looks like, he looked like a child. How, what's better, Kirk Cousins' jean jacket or Carson Wentz's hat? They were both, they were both not great in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah. It's a tough, like it's a, it got to be a tough thing when you've got your outfit planned out. Like Carson obviously was thinking that was going to be his winning outfit, coming out looking like a boss, and it just looks a little silly. Yeah, it was. It was you, silly. Are you like, a, are you like a, a fancy hat guy? Me, no, no, I'm not at all. I do not think I could pull it off. I've, it's not for me. I'm a, I'm a, if I'm a baseball cap guy. Yeah, and like a, a snow hat, like a winter hat. Yeah, me the too. Winter. Uh, but. No, that's that's it. Like, that's I'm, not for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not, there are some people who can pull it off. I'm not one of them. Shield. I'm not so sure that Carson's one of them either. But Shield has a, has has a good. Shield's hat got game. a very good hat game. Yeah. Right? What's that? But there, he's Shield got that more. Out. It's like that more like a sort of like an old man uh, chapeau. Yeah, sort but he, of thing. he pulls it off. He though. pulls it off very well. He wears it in the yeah. winter. Yeah. yeah. It's a good look for him. I agree. I guess I think maybe when you when you're bald you have you have to accessorize the the head a little bit better. Well, during the winter you need to wear something, right? Right. So, and I, I'd say shaved, not bald. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so it's a, it's a conscious choice. I'm give, I'm give shield you can't go here. jean jacket and tie. Looks ridiculous. <laughs> hey, when you, when you uh, just when you threw, threw for a, yeah, yeah, you're looking for a when you're looking for a uh, Hellman sponsorship, you can wear whatever you want, I guess. Uh, I mean, he made some very nice throws. I, I did think a lot of them were were first read, uh, so they were they were not like the most impressive in the world. Although the, the throws to Diggs were pretty nice, there was that one drive he led them down the field. I think after the Eagles uh, had either brought it to four or maybe it was still it was eleven at that point. But that was the one drive where I thought Cousins made some some really nice throws on the run and sort of mm-hmm. second read. Uh, that was the one that was. Uh, that ended with the third Diggs touchdown when Diggs beat Craig James. Friend of the pod, uh, Arif, from uh, the Minneapolis site, or the Minnesota site, covers the Vikings, told me that uh, in training camp, Stefan Diggs against Craig James was the biggest mismatch they had. So he was excited to see if that came to fruition. And uh, actually, it wasn't terrible coverage by Craig James, but we have an interloper. Yeah, are you afraid to talk? <laughs> I didn't know if we were pausing the pod or not. Yeah, keep it going. It's, it's right. keep it real. <laughs> All right, there. Yeah, so do you want to explain what in? just happened? Uh, you tell me. I wasn't watching. Yeah, we had someone who uh, he just walked in. He got something. I didn't. I I thought. I literally thought we were going to put it on pause. Well, I didn't want to say anything that was going to. Um, so yes. Yeah, so, so you're mentioning the Stephen Diggs, so Craig, like Craig nice James. Guy? I don't know how you ascertain that. Sure. I can judge that. Yeah, he looked fine. Okay, he, looked fine. he he certainly did. He did not interrupt the podcast. Um, by the way, the athletic Minnesota side is terrific. Fantastic. Yeah, like yeah. across the board, loaded. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so if, were, if we were if we were having a draft of uh, solo city sites, they might be they, they would be a, a very early pick if not if not number yeah, one. They're strong across the board. I agree. What were we gonna say? 
I was going to say Craig James. The fact that like Craig James is out there uh, shows you the state. Is of, it Craig of his James corner. or James Craig? It's Craig James. That's right. I asked Doug Peterson uh, if he's concerned about the cornerbacks, and Doug said that there's uh, there you know there's some injuries there, but it's no excuse. When you say like what the excuse is, and then you say there's no excuse, I, <laughs> I know. think I think that's Malcolm your Jenkins did that too. It's yeah. true. It's a good way to get around it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, it's it's like I do like that phrase. Yeah. It's it, it it reminds me when someone says no offense, and then they go on to offend you right. as if like, well, I said no offense, but U G L Y, you ain't got no alibi. <laughs> yes. So uh, look, that's the, that's their excuse right now, um, and to us. I buy it to a certain extent. The thing is, this defense has been susceptible to the deep ball now throughout Jim Schwartz's tenure. I have it in my seven takeaways from this game. But since Jim Schwartz has has become the defensive coordinator, uh, the Eagles have allowed more 50-plus yard catches than any team in the league except the Oakland Raiders. Uh, This has has happened before, and it's happened with different versions of It didn't happen much last year, right? Happened early last year, right. and then they made those adjustments. Yeah. But still, even late in the year, like I have a, a, a reference later in, in – I keep I keep touting my observation. We're not touting, but citing it. That's all right. Um, tell people but it's, it's fresh in my mind. I said when they transition from this film to the Cowboys film right. and look at the last game they played against the Cowboys, yeah. well, you'll Amari see Cooper. Amari Cooper going yeah. 75 yards. You're right. Um, this has happened before. This This is going to keep happening. Mike Zimmer was asked what what made them or what made him think they can go deep on the Eagles, and he referenced his eyes. He referenced the way they played coverages. So so he didn't really mention the personnel. He mentioned the coverages. He said this is a defense that focuses on stopping the run. They'll bring an extra guy into the box. They'll play single high. Sometimes the Eagles don't even have single high. Um, yep. So that's that's part of it. And I think the way to fix it is what you mentioned: is play off them. Uh, play off them, let them go down the field 15, 16 plays. I mean, that's a lot. But 10-plus plays yeah. on, on drives. Get them in the third-down situations. See if you can force them off the field. Get them in the tight red zone situations. See if you can, if you can keep them. The, the Vikings were 2 of 10 on third down in this game. Mm-hmm. 2 of 10. You want that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you yeah, want that. I think that's right. Um. Is there anything else on the defense? We will get to the offense. We will get to the fake field goal. But Yeah, we should just mention Nigel Bradham left the game with an ankle injury. Um, that's going to be one to monitor. Uh, did not return. Did not return. Uh, Nate Gary became the middle linebacker. Not a stout against the run. They were fine against the run in this game. I mean, Not I, after Nigel went out. They were fine. Madison had some garbage time yards. He had one long carry, but, I mean, Dalvin Cook. I mean, it's not garbage time yards when, like, you know they're going to run the ball. You know, you got to stop him there. You're trying to get him off the well, field. Well, that's fair. But, I mean, Madison Madison had yeah. 14 for 63, but one of them came on a 35-yard run. Yeah. Other than that, he's he's 13 for mm-hmm. 28 or whatever. And Dalvin Cook was 16 for 41. So they did do a good job against the run. They did the a great job game. in that, the first half. And that's the thing is that, and, and this, is, you know, this is what I wrote about, is that Malcolm said after the game they're still trying to find their identity on defense. I don't think that's true. I think we know exactly what their identity is. We know exactly what their identity is on offense, too. Mm-hmm. On defense, they're a team that is really good at stopping the run, and if you have any time to throw, they will, they will get killed deep. And on offense, it is a team that right now has a plodding, uh, like high degree of difficulty offense where they have, to, they have to go down the field in short chunks because they have no speed. Mm-hmm. That's that's the identity of this team right now. Well said. Um, so I don't. They, there's not like a lot of guesswork to me right now with this team. They can. There are. They, you know. There are levels that they can play better and worse in that uh, in that lane that they have. But that's what they are. Yeah, and I mean, there are things like uh, if Deshaun Jackson ever comes back, that changes the off- the offense a little bit. Do you want to talk about the offense here? Let's well let's let's because let's, I have a question for you. Here. Okay, and I mean we can bounce around. What, what, what this question's look. I don't want this to be misinterpreted because on the list of Eagles problems, I don't put Carson Wentz on on. Okay. I don't put Carson Wentz high on the list. But how many games this year do you think Carson Wentz 
outplayed the opposing quarterback? That's a good question. Let's see. Uh, week one. Yes. Yes. Week two. Uh, you could argue week two. Was week a draw. two. Yeah. Call it a push. Yeah. Week uh, three, no. I thought Stafford outplayed in week three. I didn't think Stafford was that great in that game. I thought Stafford was, but okay. I thought he was. I guess I would give it to Stafford, but I didn't. I think that was closer to a push. Okay. Um, week four, he outplayed Rodgers. I thought. Oh, I thought Rodgers outplayed him. Or yeah, actually, yeah, Rod. Yeah, no, I, that's true. Rodgers outplayed him. Carson made enough plays. Yeah, Carson didn't have to do much. Yeah. Um, okay. And then yeah, I did week think four. I did think Luke Falk outplayed. <laughs> yes. outplayed him. And Kirk Cousins outplayed him today for sure. So. Look, and the reason I mentioned that's a fair, that's that is a fair because question. I wrote in, and you were right, you predicted the Vikings win. So you get the credit in this one. I sure. predicted and Eagles I predicted win. Sidney Jones wasn't going to be a Pro Bowler <laughs> like you. And I said, you. I didn't say he was going to be a Pro yeah, Bowler. You said All Pro? I didn't say All Pro either. All of Fame? You are getting the bus ready? <laughs> no. But I said that, uh, that the Eagles have the edge at quarterback, and that's going to be the difference. Yeah, I mean, I thought that too. And that wasn't the difference. That wasn't the difference because. The Vikings quarterback outplayed the Eagles quarterback today. Now, I don't think that – I mean, uh, we do sort of find ourselves making excuses for Carson a lot. Mm-hmm. I, think that is, I think that is true. Um, I mean, you know, there were drops again today. Ertz had a fumble. You know, they get the ball down 7 nothing in the first drive, of the, and they're starting on their own seven-yard line. And as Doug Peterson explained, they have a shot play dialed up on the first play of the game, and they have to check out of it. And so it's three straight runs. They punt away, and next time he gets the ball, it's well, I guess it was ten nothing. Uh, and you know he's playing from behind a lot, so it's not it's not a great game script for him. But I mean, he made some nice throws. I yeah. I'm not so sure what else he could have done in this game. I mean, you know, he threw an interception at the end of the game. He was on tilt a little bit. I thought yeah. he was upset after the. Uh, delay of game on third and four that pushed them back, and then there's a sack when Jordan Howard doesn't pick up the blitz. Who's that delay of game on? Is that on Kelsey? Is that on? Is that on Carson? I mean, Kelsey I think it's on both of them because I yeah, mean, Carson, Carson was, was clapping. For he it. was calling for it, yeah. But I think everybody's got to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. Like. That was a bad, bad, bad delay of game. It was third and four on, on Minnesota's 43, 44 maybe. Yeah. So it's four down territory there. You're down eleven. You're not out of the game yet. Right. And he gets they take the delay games. So now it's four and now it's third and nine. He gets sacked and they're forced to punt. Um, if it's if it's third and four, I think it's a different situation. Yeah, I agree with that. So that's and you're a, putting more. I mean, if you, if you are able to score a touchdown there, the Vikings yeah. are still uh, be getting a little bit nervous. A little you go for two, and you make it a field goal game. Yeah, yeah. If you convert, true. Um, but overall, the. The lack of big playability from the wide receivers is really hurting Carson. Uh, Miles Sanders has been a revelation in the passing game. I mean, he has he's the their, only fast guy on the offense. He's he's dynamic in the open field, but his big plays are different than a wide receiver's big plays because his his big plays don't stretch a defense in terms of the way the defense needs to play. That's a well said. So yeah. they need that threat from I think the that's outside. A good point. They need that threat from the outside, and Nelson Aguilar is not providing it. I know that's um, right. Matt Collins is not providing it. I know that's right. Um, so Alshon had a good game. Alshon had 10 catches, but he had, like, what, 7.8 yards per catch? Yeah, so is that a good game? Well, yeah. I mean, he's, he's reliable. He's moving the chains. He's, he's, like, he's making plays. He's moving like a 50-year-old out there. And they just, I, they just guaranteed his contract for next year. What's he going to look like next year? He's, I mean, he's, he's, he's great in the red zone, I think. Okay. You know, he's, look at his touchdown rate this year in games he's played. Why is but why is touchdown rate good? Shouldn't he have more like what? We have more catches. Well, touchdowns are an important stat. Well, you yeah, know, but like to, you're talking about like touchdowns to catch. No, no, no. Like just or, or like the amount of t- like the team's just, touchdowns. Just like t- just touchdowns, touchdowns in games he's played. Okay, you know? yeah. all right, that's fair. You know, when yeah, he's on the field, he's getting fair. in the end zone. Um, but uh, Nelson, I think I think time has shown Nelson is a good slot receiver. Dynamic slot receiver. If you expect him to be more, then I agree. he struggles in that, and that's why they need Deshaun. And it also makes you look. We've gone down this rabbit hole, so I'm not going to mention it, but we don't need to kind of go down it. Is this is the questionable part of the JJ Arthur Whiteside draft pick? 
Is yes. There were guys on the board who could provide speed. This offense clearly needed speed. It's not what they wanted. They did not add speed. Yes, I agree. And here's the other thing. We both, you know, we both sort of talked about, uh, you know, it, it's hard to be in this building and not think about the Super Bowl, right? You think back on that team. Yeah. And what, what strikes me is that there's, personnel-wise, there's not a lot different between this team and that team. And that's like, what is, what is interesting is how similar the rosters are in terms of the, like the, the nucleus, the players who you yeah. need to be your best players. They're all the same and they're all two years older, except for Carson Wentz instead of Nick Foles, right? Mm-hmm. And, but Torrey Smith. Right. Oh, did I, jump, did I take the point out of your mouth? No, the, no oh. but, and, and the point is, after two years of, uh, of roster turn, two off-seasons of, of drafts and, and free agency and trades, they have not added anyone new who is a, a like, blue-chip player for them, right? Well, they're hoping Miles Sanders. Maybe. And he's a running back. But like that, okay, and that's a different conversation. And they're hoping Dallas Goddard. I mean, look, they, yeah, but Dallas Goddard, like what Dallas Goddard is, as is very good, and he makes very little difference to. Well, this so team. so this is a good question, or this is a good so, point you bring up. They've spent three second round picks in those two years on offensive players. And how? Let's well, go, and guys. tell me how different would the defense conversation be if Sidney Jones was playing like a a first round corner mm-hmm. uh, or a second round corner? How different would the offense be if JJ Ortega Whiteside was giving you? Anything. Yeah. He can't get on the field instead of Mac Hollins, okay? And that, that. It's a great point. That failure to add those impact players early in the draft when they've had those chances, I think, is an interesting framing for the decisions that Howie Roseman has to make over the next couple of weeks. Is this, as you see this, this roster who's, you know, if, if there is still a Super Bowl window, it is closing. This is an, an older team, right? So do you are you more willing to surrender future draft picks to uh, add somebody who you think can put this team over the top, keeping in mind that you know maybe you're better at identifying professional players than you are at identifying college players, or is it the inverse? Are you less likely to to make a trade of future assets because you're not good enough at drafting, so you need as many dart throws as possible? Yeah. So. I look at it like if, if you're trading for an in-his-prime player, if you're trading for a Jalen Ramsey right. type, then that, that covers up some of your draft mistakes. This is a guy who's going to be a core player for you. Right. Um, let's say, in theory, if you're trading for Leonard Williams, even though they haven't had as much of an issue drafting defensive linemen, but that's a guy who, who can be part of your foundation going forward, in theory. If you resign, well, he's a free agent. He's a free yeah. agent but if, if 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 you can, I think resign you like him. Leonard Williams a little more than I do. Um, but no, to your point, they've spent now a 2018 second round pick, a 2019 second round pick, a 2019 third round pick because of the Golden Tate trade yes. on offensive skill guys, and yes. and your your so two 2019 second round picks if you include Miles Sanders in there, um, and. I don't know if it's making enough of a difference. And we spoke a lot about Dallas Goddard during the offseason uh, and during training camp, but they're still trying to figure out kind of the right way to use him. Yeah. And it's two years in. It's his second year in the season. I mean, this, is a, this goes back to the night he was drafted and, and Shield uh, going after them for the resources. And, you know, he's not wrong. Dallas Goddard is, is as good as you could expect him to be, right, mm-hmm. in terms of as a player. He's right. You agree? Like in terms of evaluating the player, oh, yeah. he's, a, he's a very good player. It I agree. Seems like, and it, it makes very little difference. Well, it it can, but that's where your head coach needs to scheme him up. That's why you can't you can't okay. you can't take Doug off of this. And it needs to fit within the pieces around you. So if getting you tried Dallas, to scheme him up on a fake field goal, I guess that's it. I guess <laughs> no, that's so, a wait, thing, so but. so real quick though, if if Dallas if if you want Dallas Goddard on the field. That don't pay nine point four million dollars to your slot receiver, right? Allocate yeah. 9.4, allocate nine point four million dollars elsewhere. Let Nelson Aguilar go and play and commit to playing Dallas Goddard and have Zach Ertz as your slot when you want to go eleven personnel. Like that's what I would do. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy. And also, I mean, you know, you, you still need to you still need to play eleven, but like 
it's not hard to find a a poor man's no. house in Aguilar for you know four million, and then uh, uh, agree wholeheartedly. Or in the sixth round of the draft, find someone like yes. that. You know, there's you can find that's the whole argument about about Nelson in the slot is that you can find slot receivers. I'm not now the elite ones are hard to find. You know, I agree, um, but. You know, for instance, you 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 look at at some of the top slot receivers in the, in the NFL. Most of them aren't drafted in the first round, second round. You know, you're well, and it's also it's the same thing as what we always talk about. Like, if you were going to tell me that not only is he a great slot receiver, but he is also your backup for when Deshaun Jackson gets hurt, that's one thing. But as we've seen, he is he is no <laughs> uh, proxy for for Deshaun. No replacement and. and you can stretch nine point four million dollars in a lot of ways. So, especially if you do yoga, <laughs> I'll sell your joke. <laughs> you don't have to say I'll sell your joke. That's actively that's not, not selling, selling the, the joke. joke. Fair enough. Fair enough. Also, not a very good joke. So that's okay. Want to talk about the fake field goal? I guess let's talk about the fake field goal. You hated it. I loved yeah. it. <laughs> well, I loved it until I heard. More explanation for Doug. <laughs> so I didn't like it at the moment. Now I I love aggressive play. I going. loved it at the moment. I love creativity. Okay, I've but been I've been waiting for a for a, 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 you've a talked fake about special teams play from this Eagles team for years. So a great opportunity to run that play would have been the the third quarter field goal, fourth and three. At, you know, at the same spot of the field around in the third quarter. No, because then, then more, if you convert, yeah, but then it's more expected. Who's expecting fake field goals? That's not like... Apparently I, I, the Vikings. <laughs> so my issue with it is this. You have no timeouts, okay? The play, as Doug Peterson explained it, was designed for Jake Elliott to throw the ball to Dallas Goddard and Dallas Goddard to get out of bounds and give the Eagles a few shots at, at the end zone. So that's the explanation that, that makes me like it less. But I also don't necessarily think that it's true. You think it was there to score? I think they, they were expecting the hope was that it was gonna it was gonna score. And it's true that that even if not, and he gets out of bounds quickly, that's not a bad downside. They can then take one or two shots. But but that's my point. But it is, is you're right, like it's a low upside play, in my opinion. I don't think it's low upside. I no. think first of all, this was a game in which I think he probably correctly identified they were gonna need Touchdowns, not field goals, against an offense that was carving them apart. But you're confined to the – like you have a, a time limit there, and you have no timeouts. So if he gets out of bounds, then you can't, you, you can't take a sack. You can't throw the ball short of the end zone. Yeah, but they would be at like the if, – if that happens, they would have been at like the eight-yard line or something like that. That's easy to do. You just take, you take a couple of quick shots. That's, no, you're so not going to get sacked. You have two shots – if that one shot, maybe okay. two shots at the end zone. That's fine, um, but that's not it because I think and then the, you're left I think, the field goal. I think the hope was that it was going to be a total bust. It was going to be the Eagles have you know they've never run a fake field goal. There's no way the the Vikings would have expected this. Dallas Goddard's going to be wide open, and, and he. he I'm only reporting what the head coach said. I know, but Goddard also said like, and Goddard and Elliott both said like they were hoping it was going to be a touchdown, uh, and and Goddard. Were you leading the uh, witness? No. Okay. Well, I think I maybe it was. I don't remember who. Did asked you say her, was your hope to score a touchdown? No, there? I think because well, uh, no one's ex- gonna be like, what no, the, I don't want to score What was the expectation? I think. Okay. Elliot said, "I think they were trying to. We were trying to score." Yeah, because Doug said he said, "Shoot, thought we had a play. Had Dallas going out, going outside. Thought we had a play. Uh, that was the hope. Score a touchdown, but also take a completion of first down. But if more happened, more happened." Yeah. So the reason I didn't like it is because you're limiting yourself to maybe two plays, and then then the net result is a field goal, which you already had. If you do that in the third quarter, you can run your red zone offense. What I don't like, the only thing that I I really didn't like, is that there was only one option. I would have liked a second guy at least running out on a route. I'm not a fake field goal Because if you send one guy deep... And another guy short, then maybe there's only one defender. It puts that guy in a bind, and Elliot has a choice yeah. to make. He can find a guy. That the actual design is maybe what I would uh, yeah. w- would not like. Now, 
we were watching in the press box afterwards that first field goal, the the fifty one yard or fifty whatever 54, yeah. in the in the first 53. quarter. Um, and it's true, the guy, the linebacker, does exactly what they wanted him to do. So it looks like he's going. He, he goes the same way. He goes to the right, but you have to look at it as uh, short side, far side. Yeah. What hash um, was that? So that was on the right hash. Okay. Yeah. That's... And the guy and the guy breaks towards the middle of the field. So that's exactly what they wanted. That's exactly what they were expecting. That's exactly what they said was on tape the whole time. And for whatever reason, this guy, whether it was a tell or not, I didn't, I didn't see any uh, quotes from him in the, in the locker room, the Vikings locker room. He went the other way. He went to the short side, and he, and he correctly read that Goddard was coming out. So uh, he did show what they wanted him to show. Yeah. I get it. I like, I like the call. I mean, I can't knock aggressiveness because right in front of us on a fourth down in the Super Bowl yeah. at the goal line, they had a tight end throw the ball to, to, to a quarterback. Sure. Um, that being said, I just think that be, now if they ran that fake on, if they had, let's say like a 20 yard field goal. Yeah. But then or, it's more expected, to, you know, a 25 yard field goal. And then you're, Throwing the ball into the end zone, I view it differently. That's more. Expected, I just think though. the whole the whole the point is result, running it when they when when they least expect. It's it. not people aren't expecting fake field goals that often. My point, and you're going based on the look, not when it's expected. My point is that you're it's you're not trying to score a touchdown there, or you're you're not likely to score a touchdown there. So really, what you're doing is you're setting up two quick strikes at trying to score. It's just you're limiting your upside. You're limiting your upside relative to if you did that closer to the end zone or if you did that with more time on the clock. That's my only point. That's why I, I mean it's like certainly it. it's cer- I, I, it's not a hill that I'm going to die on. It was not an ideal scenario. Uh, I wish that there had been more time left. You're right, uh, and and it's true that like if they completed and he gets out of bounds, they it, it's not it's not, you're not getting that much. They might it. be kicking a field goal there. I just so. think. Obviously, they saw something. Yeah, I like I like trusting that. And I gotta say, what a snap by Rick Lovato! <laughs> yes, that strikes me as like a difficult snap to make. Yes, it's beautiful. Yeah. How about Jake throwing the ball on the run across his body? That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think yeah, maybe there could have been somebody else on that round. That we'll we'll ask Dave about that in like three weeks when we get to talk mm-hmm. to him. Uh, there were a couple other. Doug, things that game management wise that I think we could uh, harangue a little bit the um, you know the the, the endless screens to Alshon Jeffrey yeah I don't like that on third and short when he's not the most dynamic guy in the open field um, agree there there's another one that I meant to bring up so some some clarity on the start of the game. Because uh, oh maybe I, that's what it was. It was the three I straight was, runs. I was curious about that, and I I, I know some people on Ooh, social media off in the room were uh, curious about that as well. I asked Doug. He said the first play was actually a play action shot downfield. Yeah, we already said this, but they killed it. No, we didn't. Yes, I did. I, you weren't listening. Was it when the guy was in the room? Maybe. Okay. All right. That's okay. You can finish your thought. Was it, it was a shot downfield that they killed based on the look and right. Doug said it was the right call. And then the third down play, uh, he said there was a mental error, or a error that someone made. I'd have to look back when I watched the okay. film tomorrow. My guess is it's Isaac Samalo. <laughs> oh, just throwing him under the bus no. <laughs> without No, knowing. I think based on where the play was run to. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. I got to say, I love this stadium. So do I. I love Minneapolis, by the way. This stadium is better than the Falcon Stadium that everybody was that everybody was <laughs> celebrating so much. Great. And I and I will say, I gotta say this. You know, I made fun of the, the Vikings fans as much as anybody when they came to Philadelphia and got so uh, so uh, so aggrieved about their welcome. This might have been the best like opposing fan atmosphere that I can remember. This, I mean, this is a team that's like sort of middling coming into the game, not not like a team that fans should be super thrilled about. They were loud. Maybe, I mean, you can make a case for the Saints, I guess, but that stadium is just sort yeah. of built to be louder. Uh, I was very, I, I, and I like to make fun of fun Chiefs, teams. The, the, the Chiefs too. That's a good. I thought I was underwhelmed by the Chiefs. Oh, I wasn't, but okay. 
I think this, I think this fan base is better. Now, I, I also have to say they're, they're like skull song after touchdowns. Mm-hmm. A little bit creepy and <laughs> uh, very Melvin-y. But uh, I, was, I was impressed with the Vikings fan base. Fair enough. I, look, I... I'll I, make fun of any fan base. This, they, they seem like they care. They were also like uh, making noises and uh, like reacting to things on the field at the appropriate time, like, you know, ticky-tack penalties that they thought they saw in real time. I, was, I thought I'd give a little bit of credit. I would love a preseason game up here. Spend mm. like a, an <laughs> August day. Yeah. Spend an August day here. And, and uh, you know, because I, I really like Minneapolis. It's a nice city, very walkable downtown. Didn't get to spend any time in Minneapolis no, um, this, this trip. It was Instead, bad weather was, last night. I was, I was but, uh, driving into a blizzard. Yeah, you were. Um, but... I, I really like stadiums where you can or cities where you can walk to the stadium where it's mm-hmm. downtown you can walk to the stadium, um, and just just a, a a very manageable downtown here really like it. Great sight lines Great in sight the lines. stadium. Good use of natural light. Yeah, the natural yeah. light's great. You're inside, but you know during the day you you, you get yeah. some sunlight there. I like it. Yes. Good. Yeah. Okay. Good. Is there anything we haven't touched on? Well, uh, we, you know, here's what we haven't touched on. This whole, this ugly performance by the Eagles barely matters because the Cowboys, Cowboys. go up to the Jets and lose mm-hmm. to Sammy Darnold, and now both teams are 3-3 three and three before next week's game in Dallas. Yeah, so I know Eagles fans tend to compl- – or I shouldn't – I stopped myself there. Why are going to just hate on our listeners? No, I, I know some fans complain about the schedule, uh, but the Eagles were fortunate, or, you know, like when the bye weeks come. Here's the thing, kind of thing, you have to play who's on your schedule. That's all yes. you can do. The Eagles were fortunate to play the Jets when they did because okay. yeah. that's a different team with, Sar- with, with, with Sam Darnold. Yeah. Uh, they would have won last week with Sam Darnold, so I'm not worried about that. <laughs> but, no, the, the, the Cowboys have lost three in a row. There's not a winning team in the NFC East right now. There's New York Giants, Pat Shermer, one game back. Don't, all all four teams, now. all four teams in the NFC North have a winning record. Guess which? Uh, who's the only NFC East team who won this week? Billy Callahan. <laughs> yes, yes, and sticking to the run, Adrian Peterson. I saw the stats. I didn't see the game. Yeah, me neither. And I, I assure you that I will not watch that game. I I will not either. But so yeah, I mean, so, but but you mentioned the, uh, Washington's win over Miami. Miami is the next team the Eagles play with a losing record. So the Eagles don't play a team with a losing record until de- until December first. Cowboys, Bills, Bears, by Patriots, Seahawks, Seahawks. That's a tough run right there. It is. You need to you need to steal some wins. Yeah, starting next week. I, th- I saw that Amari Cooper left that game. I don't know if he's going to play next week, but maybe maybe him and Sidney Jones can make a handshake to just both <laughs> need their play, and then we'll, we'll go. Amari Cooper's there. a really good player. That's he's a guy fine. I would have traded a first-round pick for, by the way, a year ago. Okay. Easy for you to say. Easy for me to say. You I just mean. love you love guys who are big college stars, I think. That's what I'm learning about you. I love good That's players. That's why you love Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams was a pro bowler two years ago. Okay. So was like... Uh, I don't know, Cody Parkey was a pro bowler once. <laughs> yeah, he had a good season. I mean, look, I'm, I, I would gamble on Leonard Williams' talent as interior pass rusher in this scheme. I'm sorry. I, I'm, uh, I would. Amari Cooper. Don't um, to apologize. Yeah, Amari Cooper I thought was really good. I think uh, time has, has shown that. The, I thought the only hesitation with the draft pick then was the price you need to pay for him. Uh, but certainly uh, when you look at so they traded the pick that would have been Andre Dillard. Andre Dillard, by the way, who... Yeah, we didn't talk about we, this. Yeah. Peters left the game in the first half again uh, and then came back for one play and was unable to stay on the field, and Dillard came in and played. And so, listen, you know, if it, I thought he played okay. He was pushed around a little bit. He yeah. didn't play great. Um, but as we, as we you know, get on Howie for the draft picks, if Andre Dillard is, is a that's huge left him. tackle, that's a big hit. So, Agreed. Yeah, I mean, I think this this is uh, I mean, listen, this is the most this is the most important game of 
this season, I think, until December. Yes, and 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 we talked about it throughout the preseason that it was it was the Cowboys games that really were going to determine the season. Going into the year, I didn't think Washington or the Giants had much of a shot in the NFC East. I still think, one game back. Zach. I still think the Eagles and Cowboys are the two best teams. Uh, the Eagles went zero two against the Cowboys last year. That's why the Eagles were not home in the playoffs. And Eagles are going to win next week. You're calling it? Yeah, they're going to beat the Cowboys. Okay. I don't know. Talk about a great place to watch a game. I agree with that. I love Jerry's World. Yeah, it's yeah. great. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm not ready to make my pick yet. It's 10 o'clock Eastern. I time forgot right about now. the Wing of Honor this week. I forgot to ask. I forgot to ask for uh, submissions for the Wing of Honor for next week. If you have a uh, nominee for the Wing of Honor, email birdswithfriendspodcast at gmail.com. So we take a one-week hiatus on the, on the Wing of Honor. Next week's going to be a loopy podcast. I don't know if it's, yeah, that's for sure. I don't know if I have a grouse uh, because uh, you know, the Vikings and Kirk Cousins delivered. Uh, I will say that uh, this is not maybe grouse-worthy, and I don't want to get uh, too into this, but I'm not so sure I love the whole crucial catch NFL <laughs> thing. Jeez. That's, that's definitely not a hill I'm going <laughs> to... Well, here's the thing. I just don't. I don't. I, I don't. I, I never like the framing of like. Uh, listen, they are they are celebrating some people who are legitimately very very inspiring. Yes, that's great. I'm very happy for those people. I never like the framing of like. Uh, you know, this person beat cancer, and it, it's it's like no, this other person didn't. You know. I'm not gonna sell that one. I mean. Yeah, it's 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 very nice what what they're doing and raising awareness. I I'm think not it's a like a little craving on the league's part. Okay, all right. I, I just that's all. It doesn't like it doesn't uh, resonate with with me as significantly as as it does. Like I have no objection to it. It's Neither fun. do I. I. I used to always um, I used to always get a good snicker about how like Chip Kelly would. This is before it was crucial. It was crucial catch. It was just like they would all wear pink. Right, it and was Chip just would have, breast cancer. Yeah, Chip would have no pink anywhere like on him except maybe like a, right. like a, a ribbon somewhere. But then like he come was so above it. But then come November, he was he was camo everywhere for <laughs> <you know? laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> you know, like that's very good. I like that. Um, and yet he still couldn't keep Alejandro Villanueva around. <laughs> Uh, but uh, no, Carson Wentz had had the had the pink cleats on. Oh, that's right. Yeah, were those pink? Yes. Okay. What color do you think they were? I don't know. They seemed like a. They didn't seem quite like a light pink. It was more just like a, a flash of bright. Maybe I don't know. Okay. All right. You got anything else? I don't. We hear from Doug tomorrow. We'll find out how injured Nigel Bradham and Jason Peters Mm -hmm. are. More on the fake field goal, I imagine. How about Bosco? Looked a little feisty as the punt returner. There was one play where it looked like he could have set up Rasul Douglas for a block, and then he would have had a bigger return. But, you know, certainly better than the Eagles have had at that position. I don't know if he's better than Sproles. Here's a question. I think Sproles has not been very good at the punt returns this year. He had one in the Scott was better. Yeah. Uh... I have two questions that I'm not going to be at Doug tomorrow. These are questions you don't. I'm not asking you to. I will ask him. Answer them. I will, to I will ask, ask them necessarily, but that I'm curious yeah. about. One is why at the end of the game is it Josh McCown instead of Nate Sudfeld? He was asked, uh, or no, Carson was asked that today. Really? Why was Carson asked that? Or Carson was asked if, if he minded not finishing the game. Oh yeah, that's not the question. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Why was Josh McCown and not Nate Sudfeld? Right. Okay. Yeah. If you're going to put in someone for garbage time, why not give that time to Nate Sudfeld? That's good. That's that's fair, but you don't have to ask. I, that. I don't know if I'm gonna. This one I, I do want to know yeah. the answer to. Have they have they resigned as a staff to just across the board not challenge pass interferences? That's a good one. I will ask that. Okay, I will ask that because there were a couple ones today that looked like you know, I, and, and I I think that's the right decision because of just because the it seems the like the league is not is yeah. just not going to overturn yeah. things. I think that's the right call, but there were a few today. There were some other ticky tack calls I thought that were not great, yeah. but. 
By the way, I have just something on my mind real quick. I'm yeah, gonna... if you look distracted. Yeah, I, I was I was not suggesting that like Chip Kelly didn't care about breast cancer awareness <laughs> or anything. Okay, like that by no means was what I was saying. I was just saying that like in terms of the outfit, he didn't have pink all yeah, over his outfit. Yeah, but then come know. November, he had he had noticeable camo. Like, yeah, you know? he's a he's a he's a. So that's all. He's I was... a famous hypocrite. That's all. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's all. So I just want to make sure. That that's not misconstrued at all. We're watching as the uh, last people who are uh, cleaning up trash here at U.S. Bank Stadium are tossing the trash bin- bags into the bins on the on the field, and there are some very impressive tosses being made. <laughs> By the way, I these are these guys better than Cousins and Wentz. The accuracy from these guys. I don't know if you caught it post game or not, but the uh... look at that toss. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. But but the workers after after the game. Got together in the middle of the field. Yeah, what was that? Did they, uh, like, put their hands yeah, in and cheer? I heard. What was that? It's just team unity. I respect did you, it. Did you hear what they said? I what didn't the, what, what the, what the, how they broke the No, I, I, I didn't hear it what, was what they said. It was very funny. I thought that was funny, too. Yeah. I didn't hear what they said. But, um, no, it was, it was just it was impressive team unity. All right. Are you going to make this dinner? Probably not. Bo's uh, Hotel... Kitchen closes at ten. Well, the kitchen doesn't close; it just transitions from a dinner menu to a happy hour menu. Oh, well, that's fine. There's still food there. All right, you made it sound like you weren't eating if, if you didn't get home. No, I, but that's what I wanted. I wanted to get. I wanted to have an actual meal instead of just like, you know, mozzarella sticks or whatever. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, disappointing, but that's all right. It's, I'm the one who kept the podcast going. It's my you own did. fault. That is true. By the way, but at I this point now we might as well now we might as well stay for I, another I should, hour. I should tell the listeners. I said before this, um, before we started, I, I said going forward, Bo, I'd have no objection to doing the podcast like right when we get up from the locker room uh, before we write. That way, we get it in, we can get it up quicker. And Bo said, "No, absolutely not. We need, it needs to be loopier. The later, absolutely the not. loopier, the better." Yeah, yeah. Um, my wife asked me recently how many night games they have left. Good question. And uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, the answer right now is three, but only one on the road. So that's. What's the? What are the other two? They have, is it a Monday nighter? They have a Seattle Sunday nighter and a Miami. Oh. And, I'm sorry, and a Giants Monday nighter. Okay. All right. That's not so bad. So, so Cowboys Maybe Seahawks. Maybe late one gets yeah. flexed. Yeah. All right. So the Eagles are three and three. Basically, they are who we thought they were. Well, we'll see. Yeah, I, I think I had them at 3-3 three three at this juncture. Did you? Um, yeah, I, I had them losing to to Atlanta. To Green, no, maybe I had them 4-2 at this juncture. I definitely had them losing to Atlanta. Yeah, when I bad. say they are who we, th- we thought they were, I don't mean at the beginning yeah. of the season. I mean just sort of, mm-hmm. you know, they, it's not like they turned the corner. They, are they need Deshaun. I think the big story this, this week is going to be whether Deshaun's back on Sunday. I think that's right, yeah. and uh, I don't know. I'm not so. I don't feel. I, I, I don't feel confident that he will be. All right, do you? You think he'll play? I think he'll play. You think he will play? Yes. I mean, if he doesn't play, then it would be five consecutive games that he misses, which would be the longest stretch in his career since um, fourteen. Maybe. It would be funny if he only and... plays the <laughs> NFC East games. Yeah. He just plays those six uh, games. And uh, and it starts getting to the point where you're like, well. Why didn't he have surgery, you know? Yeah. So. I agree. I if we're going based on Tim McManus's reporting. You yeah. sounded like you thought that Jalen Mills might play. Who do you think is more likely? Who is more likely to play, Deshaun Jackson or Jalen Mills? I guess I'd go Deshaun. But the thing is, I've spoken to Jalen Mills in the last three days. I haven't spoken to Deshaun in the last three days. In the locker room or just on the side? You, you and, you and Jalen had dinner and you had to oh, really catch up. In the locker room. Okay. In the in in the locker room, um, but uh, Jalen's around. Jalen's at practice. He's he's running. He has Jordan. He's 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 running in Jordans. He's wearing the Jordans cleats, Jordan okay. threes. Um, so I'm I'm uh, I'm curious to see. He said it's in the doctor's hands, but Jordan fours and quarter. But his plan is to be back okay. as soon as he can, which would be this week. We'll see. All right. That's about all I got. How long was this one? 5740. Okay. 
That's all we got. Congratulations to uh, Kurt Cousins. The biggest win of his young career. Well, that's not true. Kirk Cousins won the NFC East, so. And then lost in the first game of the playoffs. Yeah, to, to a good team, right? I mean, they lost a home game. Yeah, I was there when they lost. I was actually at that game. I was at the game when they lost to Seattle. That was when RG3 got hurt. Then the next time, so the one that they lost, they lost to Green Bay, right? They lost to Green Bay. Yeah, okay, that's what it was. Yeah. So, All right, you like I said, Rogers this is the biggest win of his career. This is not the biggest win of his career. Sure it is. The Bears game last year would have been the biggest win in his career, but he lost that one. Well, yes. I, precisely. Yes. Precisely on cue. Yeah, I don't think a week. All he had games. to do was win a home game. That's, all he, that's literally all he had to do last year. Yes. Against a team that had nothing to play for. They still play their starters. And yet he turtled. Yeah. As he's wanted to do. I'm sure he'll do it again. All right. <laughs> For Zach, I'm Bo. And for Shield, as always, we love you. friends.